Well, before I get started, I do want to deal with the elephant in the room. Uh, the elephant happens to be sitting on the front row right here. And the reason I bring this up is because I've been told by a few people that when I speak, that there are a few things that either I say or maybe some gestures, just for whatever reason, but it reminds them of my father when he speaks. And actually, I suppose that after watching someone for 58 years, uh, you'd pick up a few things by just osmosis, maybe, or uh, subconsciously. Um, maybe there's some, something encoded deep in the DNA that says, when you say this, do that. Um, but uh, actually, several years ago, uh, I, did, I was speaking. And afterwards, a couple came up to me. And a man, he had a book in his hand. And um, we chatted for a few minutes about what I had said. And then he said, well, I just really have the one more question. And it's, why don't you look anything like the picture on the back of your book? <laughs> and of course, it was his book. And I had to uh, tell him. I said, well, actually, that's my father. And to be honest with you, I am way better looking than he is. <laughs> and I imagine that little quip probably cost me about half my inheritance, too. So <laughs> anyway, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Today's gospel lesson is the rich man and Lazarus. And actually, without having worked at all with my father and his homily last week, I really felt like this tied in a lot to what he said last week. Now, if you remember, he talked about the plan. And the plan was, the plan actually was, was set forth before anything else was done. The plan was that God was going to create a creature that was like him in his image and likeness. And of course, the plan took everything into account, including the fact that the Son of God had to become incarnate and suffer and die and be raised again to save us. Now, you recall last week there were two things that my dad brought up in his homily that were things that make it difficult for us to be able to work as part of this plan. Do you remember what those were? I had to go back and listen to it too. So. But they were deceit, and it was and passions. And I see that throughout this gospel reading today. And before I get any further, let me do make one clarification. And it's the word passion versus the word passions. And I know sometimes we struggle a little bit with that. And the fact is that we need passion in our lives. We need passion as we pursue God. We need passion in our families as we take care of them. But what we don't want to do is let those things become between us and God to where they become those passions and the things that do separate us and keep us from being able to work with God's plan. So I just want to make sure that we understand passion versus passions with an S on the end. So back to the gospel lesson today. I remember this as a... Uh, Sunday school lesson many, many years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. I remember the flannel board. Um, I remember the rich man. He was kind of this guy. He had the beard and kind of big. He's probably fat, uh, as I remember him, wearing a purple cloak. Uh, had this house up behind him uh, on the street. There was Lazarus laying down. And um, 
Lazarus was in pretty bad shape, even in the, uh, in the flannel uh, board uh, picture of him. But the rich man, if you, uh, by today's standards, you know, he probably have this two or three story house, a huge yard, uh, swimming pool, uh, lots of cars, you know, some fast, uh, small cars that you take out uh, periodically, have some nice big cars that uh, probably have a chauffeur to drive them around. And none of these things were bad, except that he let them get between him and God. And he feasted sumptuously every day, and there was a guy laying in his gate who was so sick he couldn't even get up. And he had sores on him that the dogs were coming to lick, and he couldn't even get the dogs away. Well, as it happened, Lazarus dies. And he's carried to Abram's bosom ham. He's carried to heaven by the angels. I remember the angels, by the way. There's these two things, two guys carrying Lazarus uh, off to Abraham's bosom. And as it also happened, the rich man died. Now, what I found interesting in the, in the lesson itself was when Lazarus died, he was carried off by angels. Well, when the rich man died, it says he was buried. And that was it. He was probably carried out of the house and then put in the ground. But he goes to Hades, as the Lord says. And while he's down there, he looks up. And he sees Abraham. And he sees Lazarus. And he's in a lot of torment. You know, we always talk about, uh, you know, you go down there, it's hot, there's flames. And, well, that's what the Lord said here. And the rich man asks Abraham to send Lazarus. Just dip his finger in water and put it on my tongue because I just need this quenched. He just wanted that one little tiny moment of relief from what he was dealing with. Well, Abraham, though, tells him the bad news. He says, you know what? You had your good things. You had your good things while you were living. And Lazarus, he had the evil things. In other words, the rich man let his passions get between him and God, get between him and the plan. He was deceived. I'm sure he would, had been told that he was a fine, upstanding citizen, an important person in the community. The Lord had gone into that depth when he was telling the story. And Lazarus was a beggar. Someone to kind of be avoided at all costs. He just wanted some crumbs. But Abraham says, you know, you were deceived. Your passions got the better of you, and now you have to pay the price. It's kind of like the old Fram commercial, pay me now or pay me later. Well, he was paying now because he didn't pay earlier. But then Abraham doubles down and says, you know what, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. There's this chasm between us. He had been separated from God. His passions had removed him that far. Well, now the rich man figures that he's had it. He's toast, literally. And so he decides to see if he can save his family, his brothers. And so he says to Abraham, send Lazarus to my father's house and tell my brothers what's going on so that they don't fall into this same thing. Well, Lazarus has, or excuse me, Abraham has an answer for that. 
He says, you know what? They have Moses and they have the prophets. They can listen to him, to them. And the rich man, though, is insistent. No, no, no. If someone comes back from the dead, they'll listen. They will be able to be convinced by someone coming back from the dead. And then is the most tragic line of the whole gospel, at least as far as I'm concerned, when Abraham said to the rich man, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Now you'd think if someone rose from the dead, people would be convinced, right? Well, not too long after the Lord told this story, he was raised from the dead. And what do we have today? We still have deceit and passions that are separating people from God because they don't believe it. Even someone who was raised from the dead. And so the encouragement today is passions, deceit, these things that keep us from uh, pursuing the plan that God set out for. They get between us and, and God. And sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it's Lazarus with sores and unable to get up. Or Job, who sat on top of a dunghill with sores and his wife telling them to, to curse God and die. And I hope none of us has to go through anything like that. But we need to war against it. We need to not put it off, because it was said last week, the kingdom of God is at hand. And don't think that, well, I can put this off in next week or next month or next year. I'll deal with it. Deal with it now. That's the deceit as we can put it off. Don't let those passions get between us, between us and God and the plan that he has set out for us. And let us believe in the one who did rise from the dead, and may he have mercy on us all.